This is Anshu Bahanda on Wellness Curated. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. My mission is to empower you with health and wellness so that you can then go and empower others. We have Dr. Deepa Apte, who's a qualified medical doctor, a yoga practitioner, and an Ayurvedic practitioner. She lectures widely on Ayurveda and in yoga in Germany, in the UK. She had her practice in um, India and Germany and is now based in the UK. And she practices under the name of Ayurveda Pura Health Spa and Beauty Center. She offers Ayurvedic consultations, yoga sessions, and various workshops. There is so much in this podcast. Listen to this. On a daily basis, make sure that your stool elimination is regular, your sweat elimination is regular, and your urine elimination is regular. Meaning, we need to sweat some amount every day. We need to pass enough urine every day. But very, very important is no constipation. In Ayurveda, we believe that 80 to 90% of all illnesses and diseases start with constipation. So in that way, you're listening to your body too. Tell me, what is wellness to you? For me, when I look at wellness, it is actually a holistic approach. It is all about feeling good and happy in all aspects of life. You know, it has to be physical, emotional, even your energy, energetic wellness or mind, mental kind of changes, emotions. What Ayurveda says is that, yes, physically you may feel really good, but if in your mind you still have something that is still worrying you, you don't feel good about it, that is not wellness according to Ayurveda. It's all about feeling good on all aspects of life. And one other really good way of talking about wellness or understanding if a person is, how can I say, you know, enjoying that journey of wellness or not is when they wake up in the morning. And if you feel happy, if you feel enthusiastic, if you say, yes, you know what, I'm ready for the day. That for me is wellness. That's magnificent. Can you explain to us very quickly what is Ayurveda and what are the basic principles of Ayurveda? It is the ancient holistic system from India. It's all about, you know, various body types. So it is Vata, Pitta and Kapha body types. And putting it in very simple words, what Ayurveda says is that it is our aim to find out what your body type or constitution is. Because based on that, then you are suggesting either what foods or herbs, everyday routine, lifestyle. But the one thing that not many people know is that even when we say Vata, Pitta, Kapha body types, in Ayurveda, we believe that each individual has got two different body types or constitutions. The first one, of course, it's an Ayurvedic term. It's called Prakriti. And Prakriti now literally means Mother Nature. That means it is your basic body type. It is your natural constitution, the one that you're born with. So it's like your DNA imprint. It's your identity. And this is something that will always be with you and it will never change. But the second body type that we have is what we are nowadays based on all the influences around us. You know, it can be food, travel, work, family around us, weather. You know, all these little things change us as individuals that we are nowadays. And this is called Vikriti. That is today's constitution. And people do sometimes get confused between, oh, what is Prakriti? What is Vikriti? And I usually give this example, you know, that your Prakriti, your basic body type is like a solid hard surface. It can be made of wooden or steel, glass, you know, it's solid, it's stable. 
and your vikriti or today's constitution is like a layer of dust on the solid hard surface and you will see that even at home when there's a layer of dust formed on any furniture we are always wiping it away and that is what ayurveda also says aim is to find out what your basic body type is what your today's constitution is and then to apply the five various approaches to help wipe away that layer of dust so that you go back to being your original constitution so basically you're saying we're working with nature versus nurture and nature yes. is prakriti and nurture is vikriti it's not directly vikriti but you know it's the environment changes around us because even when we say nurture from outside those nurturing qualities can be nourishing qualities or not you know it can be either or so we are understanding what those elements are dr deepa when a patient comes to you with an issue and a pro- or a problem can you tell us the the process you go through as an ayurvedic doctor and a medical doctor the way i do things at the moment of course i don't directly apply modern medical practices into my practice but yes i'm very fortunate that i come from that medical background gastroenterology and that really helps me to understand an individuals you know imbalances illnesses and everything but then in principle when someone were to come to me the aim first of all is to find out the reason for why they are there so in ayurveda we always say or remember my mom always telling me this proverb that find out the answer for why the how what when where will automatically fall in place so when someone comes to me for a consultation then i understand their why first because then that makes it easy to understand you know what approaches are to be applied but then again when you're looking into uh, the whole ayurvedic side of a consultation uh, it's amazing because it is very similar to a modern medical practice in modern medicine as a gp or consultant you know we have always applied four different ways in any consultation and that is what today's doctors should be doing the first one is history taking so we ask questions the second one is observation so we are observing the client third one is palpation meaning you know, it is all to do with touch and fourth we say auscultation so in today's day and age you now we are using the stethoscope to hear any sounds but amazingly all these four actually come from ayurveda because in ayurveda we always start off by asking questions first because we need to know what the client is thinking about okay then as we asking questions we are observing to and i'm doing exactly that now when we say palpation then we are doing what is called as pulse diagnosis mm-hmm. or when i say observation i'm looking at the tongue for tongue diagnosis and then when i say auscultation is the same thing you know we are hearing sounds it can be sound of the voice or sounds in the body so that is exactly what is done So in principle a consultation contains everything you know asking questions observing pulse diagnosis tongue diagnosis and based on all the information that i get then i will put a plan across and then this plan can be a, a combination of all the five approaches of ayurveda and these can be foods or herbs or manual therapies massages or yoga lifestyle or yoga like you know day yoga practice or daily lifestyle or routine so all of these are applied as a therapy plan so you're saying you look at the pulse and the tongue to find yeah. out what is going on in the patient's body can you explain yes. this in a bit more detail to us you will see that what we believe in ayurveda is that when a client comes to you with a problem with a presenting symptom or whatever they are always talking about things from what they think or who they think they are but when i check the pulse i get to know who they really are or when i check the pulse i also get to know what is happening in various organ systems uh like you no know, tissues organs and everything so those are two different things we as individuals 
when i'm talking about things i'm always talking about things based on my memory so i've got clients who say oh no but i'm very confident i'm vata body type vata prakriti because all that they remember is being lean thin you know like bony personalities but probably they may not remember how they must have been when they were 2 years old 3 years old mm-hmm. when i check the pulse and if i tell them oh no but your body type your basic body type is actually pitta kapha they completely surprised but when i give them an understanding of you know how it is working then they all say yes that makes so much sense so through pulse and tongue diagnosis we are getting to know things which the client may not know about at you know here and now but the amazing thing about ayurvedic pulse and tongue diagnosis is that you can then also assess what tissues or organs may be going weak now meaning if there is a weakness now i need to correct it now if i don't do it it will lead to some kind of illness and disease later so it's all about prevention too it's not just about curing what uh, ailments they may have at the moment but again prevention is a very big part of ayurvedic practice when i've gone to beds in india and some amazing ones i mean that their knowledge is absolutely magnificent but i found that the regime quite difficult to do because every hour they've given me something something has to be mixed mm-hmm. in x something has to be mixed in y and had and it's been like a full time job just to stick to that regimen and i found that very mm-hmm. difficult living in london how do you adjust that for modern day life first of all it has not been written anywhere in ayurveda that you have to take herbs every hour ayurveda is not about changing your whole life you know to fit ayurveda in there but it's literally the other way around it's all about integrating ayurvedic principles into your everyday life and hence from that point of view you will see that again ayurveda is so amazing we've got all those five approaches you know we've got foods we've got herbs we've got massages yoga everyday lifestyle and routine when you actually look into all those five approaches you will see that it is holistic mm-hmm. it integrates every part of your everyday routine lifestyle everything is in there and when i get clients saying you know what i travel a lot and i understand you know that probably they may not be able to do much with foods and i'll say okay fine these are the herbs have them three times a day after your breakfast lunch dinner you know it is possible i do get a lot of clients saying you know what at the moment for me to do yoga may not be possible because my lifestyle is so busy then i will tell them okay fine you know do such bits in terms of foods or herbs or come to the clinic maybe once every two weeks for a massage so it's all about understanding as to how you integrate all these elements into your everyday routine having said that yes if someone were to have a bit more severe imbalance illness then we are prioritizing you know it's not just about oh how easy it is then the aim is to get rid of that illness and disease so then yes i do get clients who may be suffering from end stage like liver failure renal failure cancers whatever then i tell them are you ready to put two months aside you no know, more committed just two three months so that you start seeing the change and after that we can start easing off the plan so it's all about understanding the client's needs and wants and then integrating things accordingly and can you give us some tools and techniques for a healthy lifestyle like you're saying you know if you get say an averagely healthy client can you give them tools and techniques to stay that way uh first of all in ayurveda we always say that there are two aspects of our life or rather three but on a daily basis it's two it is our body and it is our mind and you'll see that the body and mind are always having a conversation with each other the best example i can give is i've worked all day i'm really tired my body saying you know what deepa you're really tired you need to sleep but then the mind comes along saying no no you have to send that email you have to make that phone call you have to finish writing that article 
the body is like no but i'm really exhausted so it's all about that communication between mind and body and ayurveda does always say listen to your body just see what messages the body is giving out and act accordingly so there's a first thing you know very simple rules rather than saying i know many people out there will say oh yes drink hot water in the morning have your turmeric milk in the afternoon we've heard of all of this everywhere but i'm giving more general suggestions so that it becomes easy especially in today's modern day life to follow it the second important thing what ayurveda says is all about understanding nature around you literally nature in terms of is it hot is it cold is it winter is it spring and then follow a lifestyle accordingly but another very important environment or nature if you want to call it people don't really understand is your artificial environment yes you know when it is cold out there i will wear something warm if it is hot out there i'll wear something cooling but what is happening literally with people around you emotional emotions around you and also working with those mm-hmm. so if you think that someone is a bit more irritable angry take a step back observe and react accordingly so first is listening to the body second uh, important is listening to nature what ayurveda also says is that to eat only when you are hungry that is very important i know everyone says oh you have to have breakfast you have to have lunch you have to have dinner but it is all about regulating it but eating only when you are hungry that is important mm-hmm. ayurveda also says do not eat food when you are emotionally distressed angry or irritable frustrated because under such times you will end up eating too much or too little that means your digestive fire will go out of balance and may lead to illnesses and diseases under such times when you are going through any kind of emotional changes ayurveda says drink plenty of warm water herbal teas because that is how you regulate your digestive fire another very important thing is all about eliminations meaning what ayurveda says is forget your body type forget if you vata pitta kapha dosha forget your agni or just they just you know we've got all these terms mm-hmm. put all of that aside on a daily basis make sure that your stool elimination is regular your sweat elimination is regular and your urine elimination is regular meaning we need to sweat some amount every day we need to pass enough urine every day but very very important is no constipation in ayurveda we believe that 80 to 90% of all illnesses and diseases start with constipation so in that we are listening to your body too and hence you know making sure that stool elimination is regular every day so that is also another thing to follow and one last thing is sleep okay what ayurveda says that first of all it is only when we sleep our tissues are healing whatever that may have gone out of balance any tissue injury it is only when we sleep the tissues and the organs heal then i do get clients saying you know what i go to sleep 12 1 am at night but i sleep 8 hours i sleep 8 hours but i go to sleep only at 1 or 2 in the morning and then i explain to them it's not about what time uh, how many hours you sleep what time you go to sleep is also so so important because according to ayurveda around 10 10:30 we say pitta time or liver time begins that means when all these pitta organs are kind of a bit uh, active in the body we need to be sleeping because if we are awake it is uh, being awake heat fire at the same time the liver or such organs are also trying to work you know that means there are two fires becoming too active and when that happens that then may uh result in reduced lifespan to summarize it you said listen to your body listen to nature eat when yeah. hungry eat when calm and yes. elimination is very important and sleep is very important this is anshu bahanda you can find our podcast wellness curated 
on Apple, Spotify, and a host of other channels. Tell me, Dr. Deepa, you know, with all your experience, you must have seen some incredible cures through Ayurveda. For all the 18, 19, 20 years that I've been practicing here in UK, I would say except for five, six clients who have come back saying that hasn't worked at all. Every, everyone has come back saying, you know what, Ayurveda has really helped. And people do ask me, you know, what about those five, six clients? What went wrong? What was it? These were the people probably who were not ready for Ayurveda at that time or they didn't believe in it, you know, so other aspects also. But a few specific examples are medical conditions where I've had clients with really um, deteriorating vision, you know, uh, due to some other like you know, medical causes and conditions. They had to go through surgical kind of, you know, procedures. And because of that, even though the doctors tried, they were losing vision. And just through Ayurvedic practice or, you know, like ways, vision was restored. So that's one thing. I've had many clients, again, Touchwood, I've been very fortunate whereby People have uh, given feedback in terms of, you know, like thyroid conditions or fibroid conditions, ovarian cysts, or even things like fertility issues. And I have, I have so many clients who have been trying to get pregnant, did not get pregnant, and now they're all happy, not just pregnant, but with children. So there are many such examples that I can give, you know, but these are the ones that come to my mind ASAP. Wow. So I think you have a lot of very happy clients. People do tell me, you know what? Oh, thank you, Dr. Deepa, you've helped. And I tell them, no, it's not me. It's actually Ayurveda, you know, because there's the Ayurvedic approaches that they follow and that is how they see changes. So in that case, tell me, you know how, what a lot of people say that when we go to a holistic therapist, it takes longer. When we go to a medical doctor, we pop a pill. Now, of course, you know, it's very different. But typically, if someone comes to you with an issue, how long would you tell them to try it before they can say whether it's working, beginning to work, not working. See, again, over there, Ayurveda is very clever and I've got a big smile on my face because that is how, just not clever, but progress and advanced Ayurveda is. In Ayurveda, we've got the whole, what is called as tissue system. Dhatus is the term that we use. And there are like seven primary tissues. But the amazing bit is the way these seven tissues are formed, they're formed one after the other. And then just to make it easy, you know, so that people will understand, uh, the first tissue is plasma which takes approximately six days to be formed once we've eaten food. Then after plasma comes blood tissue, which takes another six days, you know. So, and I'll just uh, give the example of the third one, which is muscle tissue, which is again, you know, another six days. That means whatever that I eat or drink today, it will take approximately 18 days for that food that I've eaten today to be converted into healthy muscle tissue. But interestingly, the same principle is followed when you're looking to correct illnesses and diseases. So I do get clients who may be coming with you no know, arthritis or uh, like you no know, reproductive tissues, reproductive problems. And I tell them that they have to wait at least 40 days before they see any changes because that is how tissue conversion works. Someone who may come with skin conditions, plasma-related problems, low blood pressure, uh, circulatory problems, I might tell them, you know what? Within the next seven days, you might start seeing changes. So it is, again, very cleverly put in Ayurveda that based on the presentation, the time period that they may see an improvement with will also change. If someone is following another regime, so whether it's medical, like chemotherapy, or whether someone's doing something like homeopathy, would you then recommend that they can still come and do Ayurveda? Again, that is another beauty of Ayurveda, that it is very compatible with many other treatment modalities, especially nowadays 
I understand that a lot of people do take allopathic medication. So I get a lot of clients who may be on like, you no know, chemotherapy, radiotherapy, or they may be on like, you know, blood thinners, cardiovascular problems. I will never ever ask them to stop that medication because interestingly, in, in India, when I was first studying, but then working, my teachers actually taught me to integrate allopathy with Ayurveda. and i was so used to that kind of practice but when i moved here first germany and over here it took a bit of time in my head to adjust that no deepa you know what over here they treat it as two very different systems but amazingly if you were to combine allopathy and ayurveda or any other modalities you will see much better and faster results oh wow i'm completely blown away by our chat today you know i've been into ayurveda since i was a child but this has been so informative what should we eat for breakfast lunch and dinner as per ayurveda a first rule to be followed in ayurveda is that we never eat anything cold so be it breakfast lunch dinner it is usually warm so definitely for breakfast no cold yogurts no cold milk classically you would say something warm to eat porridge is good you know with a bit of cinnamon you can put a bit of chaman prash in your porridge so something warm that is the first thing so when it comes to lunch and dinner again in ayurveda once again we will say understand what your body type or constitution is but even more important than that is weather understand what the kind of weather is outside and follow your food habits accordingly but because we are talking about foods in ayurveda there are a few rules to be followed uh we in ayurveda say that you uh, always eat fruit alone or you leave it alone we never mix fruits with anything this time when i say leave it alone we don't stew fruits we don't cook fruits we will not mix it with any other grains any other vegetables any other meat yes you can mix some nuts with fruits and you can have it but never to cook it ever and yes if someone wants to have fruits for breakfast yes they can but bear in mind fruits as they are never to cook them stew them bake them roast them never okay wonderful something i get asked a lot where people ask for help with constipation and you said well, that's one of the worst things that can happen to you so with constipation uh, first of all in ayurveda we have a herb called triphala mm-hmm. and classically always to ta- to take triphala in the evening around 8 8:30 or 9 pm you know that is the best time and usually i go with capsule forms because that is how my company says but usually two capsules every evening if someone has got a severe form of constipation then i will always say you know mix that triphala powder with a bit of olive oil or ghee or some you know hot oil and have it with a glass of water so that's the first thing about you know con- like a general thing if people don't want to take herbs one really good remedy to help correct constipation now is a combination of not a lot very small amount of hot milk add a spoonful of ghee to it and half a teaspoonful of turmeric you know so all of these every evening so this again when taken over a period of time also helps with constipation another very important thing is to avoid raw salads or raw foods i know everyone eats raw foods thinking it's really helpful but it is the worst thing for constipation because it's too much coldness in the colon and then the stools will become dry and cold and may lead to constipation so these are you know two three things that they can follow you know the herbs that you recommend like the triflas so can you do it as a lifestyle or do you have to give it a break no amazingly all the ayurvedic herbs are such where you can take it long term too if you want to but of course if you're taking long term you know not taking loads every day it might just be one or two capsules you know on a regular daily basis in fact talking about triphala uh, it's it's a very interesting fact 
I'm sure you know of garam masala, you know, the yeah. one that we put in cooking. And when we talk about garam masala, we talk about, you know, like um, cinnamon, cinnamon powder or ginger powder or whatever. But the actual very, very ancient recipe of garam masala would have had approximately 20 or 30% of trifla powder in it. Ooh, That means, you know, we're yeah. actually using it in cooking. So if someone wants, if they have got their own home masalas, just not garam masala, just add 20% of trifla powder to it and it goes into the cooking. So do bear in mind, in English, we are calling them herbs. But when we look into the word trifla, three is three and phala is fruits. So if we can have all other fruits every day, why can't we have these three fruits on a daily basis? Oh, wow. I just don't know what to say. Your toast, I had no idea that garam masala had trifla in it. Can Ayurveda help with weight loss? Absolutely. Very much so. In fact, talking of which, I actually run Ayurveda and yoga for weight loss programs. And I've had clients also who followed it. And they have seen over four weeks, people have lost five to six kilograms, nine kilograms. It is very much possible. But to understand that like any other plan or protocol, commitment is needed. Now, when I say commitment, when I run my weight loss programs, it's not about that you're starving. In fact, I tell all my clients, my students that you need to enjoy life. You need to enjoy food. But it is all about how you are becoming clever with food. That bit is important. And yes, Ayurveda can definitely help with weight loss. You know how you're talking about trifla and you're talking about our Indian cooking and the Indian herbs we use in the cooking. What if the likes of the gingers and the turmerics don't suit someone? Because those mm -hmm. are something which is there, you know, which is prevalent a lot in Ayurveda. See, again, you know, in Ayurveda, it is not that you have to have all of it or none of it. Ayurveda says based on your body type, your constitution, or even in terms of your tolerance. Yes, you know, you can choose what you want to eat. Understand, uh, understandably so that, you know, turmeric may not suit everyone because of the constitution or ginger may not suit everyone because of the constitution. And hence, understanding what the imbalance is going on or what the changes are happening. And accordingly, foods are also suggested. So just because someone does not have turmeric, I would never say, oh, they are not following Ayurveda. Because let's be honest, as the word goes, you know, Ayur is life, Veda is science. And what Ayurveda says is that Ayurveda exists everywhere, wherever there is life. Thousands of years ago, out here in the UK, people lived, but they never had turmeric. Yet, they were living an Ayurvedic life because you are reacting to nature. Ayurveda is also that science where all your everyday reactions and responses, which are natural, which are in line with nature, is also Ayurveda. So it's not about specifically what you're following or not. It is all about where you live, desha, your local geography, mm -hmm. and to follow things accordingly. What would you advise for high cholesterol due to genetics? One of the best suggestions would be every morning on empty stomach to have half or one teaspoonful of turmeric, mixed a tiny amount, not a lot, some amount of uh, hot uh, ghee, and one quarter teaspoonful of cinnamon. You know, So all of this mixed together on empty stomach, and then to have a glass of hot water. So do this every day. That will help. But another really important thing is on a daily basis to have more steamed greens, you know, things like spinach, coriander, lettuce. So the more greens you have, all these greens, you literally combine with that excess cholesterol in the blood and throw it out of the body. So that is another important thing. People who may have high cholesterol, very important is that they should not starve because, you know, that is how the gallbladder is, you know, kind of reacting sometimes. They should nourish their body properly, of course, you know, as we all know, to avoid excess fats and stuff like that, but never to starve. That bit is important. And as and when possible, first thing in the morning or even during the day, lots of hot water, like, you know, uh, herbal teas like ginger lemon tea, 
or uh, like you no know, heat or warming foods like cinnamon ginger powder uh, of course turmeric even cumin powder they can mix all these powders together make like a chutney and have a uh, 1/4 teaspoonful of this in a glass of hot water 2 3 times a day you can ayurveda help with uh, menopause absolutely yes and one thing also to bear in mind according to ayurveda menopause is not an imbalance or illness it is a transition of life a lot of times women are waiting for menopause to happen the moment they are 40 41 42 i must be honest i'm 48 now i'm not expecting menopause for at least 5 6 years i get my periods regularly because it is all in your mind too you know it's the mindset your attitude but if someone is going through any kind of transitional changes like you know um hot flushes or osteoporosis there are many suggestions that we that you know can be talked about in ayurveda so yes it can help and anything you can recommend to people to prepare for it to prepare for yeah. menopause whenever a preparation for, for towards menopause bear in mind you know when menopause is happening uh, or approaching the body is going dry so it is all about nourishing the body so plenty of hot oil massages or oil pulling or having a tiny like maybe half a tea, teaspoonful of ghee or oil on a daily basis that is one thing second important thing is once again to make sure that there is no constipation because when there is constipation it makes the whole menopausal transition even worse then as they are approaching or one other way of preparing is one particular herb called shatavari and that is really good for menopause too but again for that i would tell everyone who's listening there are a few things to bear in mind in terms of you know any other accompanying illnesses conditions so if you're looking to take shatavari please consult an ayurvedic practitioner so that they can tell you how to take it so these are two three things that can be done as an everyday you know lifestyle routine for menopause too do you have any last advice the only thing a few things that i will say is you know um, i remember growing up my mom who was my most important teacher and then my ayurvedic professor they've always said no matter what enjoy life because every moment going by will never come back and because of that of course on one hand we need to be a bit cautious of what we do but that does not mean that you get so kind of you know um like bound down to all these rituals and practices where you actually forget to enjoy life so it's all about finding that fine balance so yes you know i do get clients who may be saying you know i want to lose weight but once every two weeks i might go to see my friends and i might have a glass of wine should i stop that i say no okay go ahead enjoy life every moment that comes by because it will never come back that's lovely advice thank you so much for the wonderful information this was dr deepa arte thanks for joining us hope you enjoyed the wellness curated podcast please subscribe and tell your friends and family about it and here's to you leading your best life